Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow-detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at H&M.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile. With a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow-detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at H&M.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. Empowered and Unapologetic is part of the Practice of the Practice Podcast Network, a family of podcasts that change the world. To hear other podcasts like the Bomb Mom Podcast, Beta Male Revolution, or Imperfect Thriving, go to practiceofthepractice.com forward slash network. Have you ever thought, how did I manage to lose myself? Being a mom is so hard, especially when we're feeling stressed and disconnected. We exhaust ourselves trying to create this perfect life for our family. You deserve to enjoy your marriage and your kids without the stress perfectionism brings. I am going to teach you how to identify who you are outside of all of the roles you play. Hi, I'm Veronica Cisneros. I'm a wife, mother of three, and a licensed marriage and family therapist. I am on a mission to teach women just like you how to become empowered and unapologetic. Welcome to our girl gang. Hey ladies, welcome to Empowered and Unapologetic. I'm your host, Veronica Cisneros. The first time I met our guest, I was completely blown away by her ability to engage the audience, being raw, real, and honest. She literally had me at hello. Today's guest not only takes the mystery out of making big money while doing something you love, she uses a magnetic combination of her clear-cut communication style that she developed as a TV news broadcaster for NBC and CBS. 
her business savvy and proven strategies as a multimillionaire entrepreneur and her intuitive ability to connect with women on a deeper level to uncover what's blocking them from achieving their dream life. She's passionate female, empowerment speaker, and marketing sales specialist responsible for more than $100 million in sales transaction. Her zones of genius is helping women become financially free through education, empowerment, and proven straightforward business strategies. This multimillionaire entrepreneur went from a life of self-destruction to success. So please help me by welcoming Tiffany Carter, the host of the educationally edgy and popular podcast, Project Me with Tiffany top business coach, a passionate advocate for abused women and children. I have to say, I am so impressed that your mission runs so deeper than helping women create wealth. Your bigger purpose is to help women find their worth. And that's like so crazy profound, helping women find their worth. Welcome, Tiffany. What's up, girl? I'm so happy to be on your show and connect with you. I just adore you. (laughs) And the same. I was so super excited and just blown away by just all the work that you've been doing for us women. Thank you. I mean, here's the thing. I didn't have to start Project Me with Tiffany Carter. I already have another business I've had for 12 years doing digital marketing in the pharmaceutical, medical, and supplement world. It's already a seven-figure business. I didn't have to do it for money but I had to do it from my soul. This is my true baby. It was something I, I didn't have a choice. I had to do it. But the beautiful thing is because I didn't have to do it for money, that mm-hmm. translates energetically to other women. They can feel that, that I'm really showing up out of service and love and not just trying to get something. Girl, I totally hear you. That's how Empowered and Unapologetic was also born because of that same reason There was too many women suffering silently and something had to be done. So I absolutely love and adore and respect, respect your work. So if you can, please tell us about your story. Well, my story, I first always need to say this, is that it can be triggering to some people. Um, And if you want to hear like my full story in detail, I, I am sharing that on my podcast So we don't have enough time for me to go through it. It's kind of reads, not kind of, it reads like one of those lifetime movies that you're (laughs) like, this is awful, but I can't stop watching. It reads like one of those. So I did have, I do have to preface it with saying that it can be triggering and I do use humor to lighten it. And, but I'm not certainly making light out of the heavy situation. So I was sexually abused from the ages of 11 to 21 years old. My mom was aware of it. My mom um, supported it. I guess that would be the best word to use. On top of that, you know, being an only child raised by a single mom who, you know, worked all the time, had her own business. She was an entrepreneur. Um, It was not a safe household, as you can imagine. And it's not like I had a brother or sister to go to. Both of my parents are only children to this day, right now, I only have one living relative, and that's my mom. So I was raised by, you know, what clinical terms, which obviously that's your expertise, but by a narcissist. And, 
you know, when a narcissist, you're just, I'm just a piece of furniture. I'm an extension of her. So she utilized me to service her clients um, as an entrepreneur. And I would have to like bring them cocktails, allow them to grab me, say inappropriate things to me. But there was a primary person who molested me that entire time from 11 to 21. Um, You can imagine why I had no self-worth and why that's such a big part of my mission. I was also bullied in middle school and a little bit in freshman year of high school as like labeled as the class slut because as many people who are listening and may be aware, yeah, like when you are groomed that early on and you're taught like, you get attention and love and acceptance if you give sexual, you know, favors. That's what I did with boys at school. I didn't know any better. I thought mm-hmm. if you liked someone, that's what you're supposed to do. It was very confusing. So, but on the outside, looking in, you would have never known. And I like sharing this part because so many of us start comparing ourselves when we're scrolling on social media or even like, when we're looking back at like what friends are doing that we went to high school or college with, and then we compare ourselves and start judging ourselves. I was raised as the second wealthiest family in an already wealthy community. Mm -hmm. So there were two giant gourmet kitchens, a wine cellar, the size of a bedroom. Okay. But the inside of the house was a nightmare. And I was put into like uh, modeling, not like, not that I was famous model, but like catalog modeling. So on the outside, everything looked good. And I knew in order for me to stay safe and appease my mom, the narcissist, I developed this amazing false confidence. But Mm -hmm. on the inside, I mean, I was nothing. I was, I didn't deserve to live. So you could imagine how that carried on through my life. I got hired at NBC on air before I even graduated college. So I was 20 years old. Remember, I said I was still being molested to 21. Absolutely. So here, I mean, think about that. Here, I'm on TV, polished newscaster. Well, I don't know if I was that polished back then. I'm sure you guys could find <laughs> bloopers and bad anchor hair. But I mean, I was still being molested. This guy flew out to Washington and stayed in my house. And that was like the last time, thank God, where it was like, okay, this can't happen anymore. So I went through my newscasting career. Then I got transitioned into corporate America because I couldn't be on the news anymore because I felt like everyone could see me, meaning see through me. Like I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown on the air, which uh, you guys have seen stories where there's newscasters who actually do because I started getting like paranoid, like because that false self I had, I really thought people could see the truth, the fraud, how much of a piece of crap I was, who, you know, all of it. And I, I quit. It's like, who quits a TV job? Granted, I was making almost no money, which a lot of people don't realize that, but Most people don't quit that. And I didn't even give a two-week notice. I mean, I had to quit. And then I went into, I interviewed at like 50 different companies in order to get into pharmaceutical sales because I saw other, you know, other friends of mine doing it. They were making money. They wore cute outfits. They had a company car. And I've always loved um, health, you know, talking about health and medical stuff. I climbed that corporate ladder until I kept hitting the glass ceiling. It's a very 
white, old, male-dominated industry. It still is. Mm -hmm. So you can get only so high. And if you are considered to be a conventionally attractive woman, you can only get so high. Like, God forbid we have a woman that has any sex appeal that's in the C-suite. Like, they can't handle it. I'm not, and I, it's controversial, but it's true. You know, it's so interesting because you go into, you know, the way you described mom as supporting this. And then in addition to that, you go into this next environment, you know, this next work environment who also supports this. And so it's, it's kind of like you're recreating your childhood over and over and over again. And, and I'm wondering what that was like for you, because you say you, you, you were able to go ahead and quit this job. However, what was it? What was it that was like, you know, you, you got to this point where it was like, okay, wait a minute, enough. Like, what was it that you were able to make that decision and get out? Especially if you're being like literally groomed in all areas to be this person, you absolutely probably were disgusted and resented. God, you, this is, you're so good. A lot of people, and listen, I've been to a lot of specialists and therapists, don't pick up on that part. Absolutely. What happens is when we have no self-worth and we've had trauma, whether it's as extreme as mine or it could be, you know, it could be something where someone maybe, you know, an uncle like said something creepy to you that was really weird. I mean, that's all it takes. It doesn't have to be as extreme as mine, or it could be, you know, bullying or, you know, a boyfriend in high school or college or whatever. But absolutely, subconsciously, when we have no self-worth and you think you're a piece of crap, even if on the outside, you know, I graduated cum laude, you know, at college, I'm extremely well-spoken, obviously. I am a competent speaking to crowds and that kind of a thing. I got into an environment where in an essence, in a corporate way, I was being pimped out as well. Yeah. I mean, my mom pimped me out. I mean, we're being, I'm being blunt about it, but it's true. So I'm being pimped out. What do you think that job is about? It's about you have, you have to look attractive. You have to flirt. Um, and I got to tell you, and maybe it's a little different now, okay, but I don't know. All I can say is, I had to do that laughing off. Like, I mean, I had doctors grab my butt. I was expected to take them to dinner. It was very, it, but it was familiar to me. And I know you get that. It was familiar. It wasn't like, ew, like this is, this is horrible. Like, I'm not going to stand for this. I was groomed for so, some such a young age. That was normal to me. Even though it didn't feel good, I'd come home like exhausted or I'd be, I'd vent to like, friends or coworkers, like, oh my God, this guy's disgusting. Like, can you believe this guy is married with like three mm -hmm. kids and blah, blah, blah. But I went back and did it again and again and again over years and years and years. It was, it was just normal. But do you think that raised my self-worth or self-esteem at all? No, it just kept me in that same low spot. It just kept reinforcing my already current beliefs about myself. You, you said it with, this is my norm. This is all I've known. And, you know, when women are able to go ahead and be released from this, this level of imprisonment, they end up feeling so much shame and guilt for, for participating in it. And I, I love how you said, I didn't know any better. Like this, this is just what I was conditioned to do. 
And so it's like me telling you, well, you know, now I want you to go ahead and live this life that's healthy and, you know, practice coping skills. You would look at me as if I was crazy and say, well, what coping skills? Because girl, I'm using them. Like these are them, like this is it, you know? And in so many ways you were conditioned to be this performer and be on. And you talk about this level of confidence that you had. And in essence, you know, I, I'm, I'm just listening to you and it's like, holy moly, it was this illusion of control and her just literally getting through and getting by the best way she knew how. And I, I think this is also what keeps women from opening up and, and sharing their story. So I think it's so powerful that you're just so open and raw. And that's one thing I absolutely admire about you. Thank you. I mean, I had to do, as I'm sure you can imagine, years and years of inner work, inner child healing. I had to go through the dark night of the soul in order to be able to share this. I mean, five and a half years ago on my birthday, I was absolutely convinced and I was going to take my life and I was going to do it with pills from, you know, the industry that I'm in. You know, I have access to all of that and I know how to use it. And I had an entire plan and get this, I had 2.5 million in the bank at the time. Yeah. You know, it yeah. doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, on the, I had a beautiful, you know, luxury townhouse in Los Angeles. I had, um, I had my own, you know, uh, my business was thriving. My own business was thriving, you know, and it would, it doesn't, it didn't matter. I didn't feel like there was a point to be here. I had no quality of life. I was in the throes of an exercise addiction and workaholism because I was trying to run away from all these painful, deep, anguishing feelings by focusing on people, places, and things and anything outside for myself to dissociate. And it, and I truly say this when people say like, you know, addiction, you know, like substance addictions, a progressive disease. Mm-hmm. Um, let me tell you guys. So are it, so is any addiction. It is progressive, whether it is you're addicted to love relationships. I mean, I was an extreme codependent that will kill you too, because look, I was going to kill myself from it. Absolutely. And addiction is addiction. It's a disease and it, it goes across the board, eating disorders, alcoholism, substance abuse, gambling addictions. They're all under that same category of a disease because it can definitely kill you. And I love that you, you also included codependency, you know, can you please describe in what codependency meant or what codependency looks like in your life with everything that you had been conditioned to do? Like, how did that play out? with friendships, with family? Oh God, you ask such great questions. I love it. So when you are raised by a toxic person, an addict, a narcissist, in order to survive that, everything you do in order to get love, attention, basic needs, not to get abused further, everything is about them. Nothing is about me. I wasn't allowed to have any feelings that if I had a feeling like maybe I came home from school and I was upset because I didn't do well on a test, but I knew my mom that wasn't going to fly with her that day because I was so hyper vigilant. I could tell Um, I had to just stuff it. Right. So my feelings, my needs, 
everything was about the other person first for pure survival and for me to just have any sort of peace in the house. So same with the person who was abusing me, obviously. That person's needs came first. I didn't matter. So so I was taught this way from birth, even before I was being abused, right? Raised by narcissists. I was taught this way. Now, my father is an extreme codependent, but he abandoned me in a different way. But he didn't, you know, he didn't abuse me or anything like that. But he also didn't come in and rescue me from the situation. There's no way you there's no way you're married to my mom and not know she's sick, right? But he he couldn't do it. And I've let, you know, I've forgiven him and let that go. But how it shows up in friendships and relationships is I dated, if someone asked me out on a date girl, I said, yes. Yeah. I'm talking got someone I wasn't attracted to. Maybe the guy had a bad reputation. Maybe the guy was a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still went out because I better say yes, because I'm people pleasing. Then you go into even with um, bosses like, you know, I worked at Starbucks in high school and college. And if they asked me to take a shift, even though that meant like I might, you know, miss something or I wasn't feeling well, you know, my answer was always yes. When then even when I even in my early 30s, right, I would be dating a guy and let's say they loved a certain kind of food that I didn't like. I would say I loved the food. I mean, there's a story I tell and it's like, I laugh at it now, but there's this one guy I dated and he was like super passionate about baseball, like specifically the Dodgers. I am not into baseball. I hate going to baseball games. Like I'll go, but I don't really pay attention. It's slow. It's boring. It's not my thing. Um, and I completely lied and said like, oh my God, I love the Dodgers. I even went to TJ Maxx and bought myself like a Jersey girl. I mean, that's manipulation, right? Yeah. But that was done from a space of, I have to do this or this person won't love me. They'll leave me. And then, then what happened? Then the guy surprised me with a season ticket. And I was like, oh God, I'm screwed, right? I was, like, I, was like, I was like, oh no. But I mean, I never spoke up for myself. This is how I lost almost every single penny I had saved and worked my butt, butt off for. By the time I was 30, I had a million dollars in the bank. Within mm-hmm. three months, almost all of it was gone. And it was truly because of codependency. Because I had someone who I highly respected refer me to a financial advisor. It was his financial advisor. And something, and tell me if you disagree, but I feel something codependents do, since we don't value ourselves, we put others on pedestals and take their advice as fact. Because uh-huh. what, do, what do I know? I'm, a, I'm an idiot. I'm a, you know, I'm a piece of crap. So long story short, when you sign like some kind of bank or financial document, you guys, you know, there's like a lot of fine print. There's a lot of pages. I didn't read one word and I signed every damn page. Epiphany. Oh my well, why? God. It was blind trust. And that's what I, that's, I did that over and over again. Just yes. blind trust someone. I, so I would fall for these guys who would tell you, you know, anything you want to hear and friendships, right? I wouldn't look at people's actions. their words mesmerized me and I, and I would fall into that. So I had lots of just toxic people ever. Who do you think I had in my life? Addicts and narcissists, just like you said, recreating that childhood 
trauma and wound over and over again to the point where it got so insane. I didn't want to be on this earth anymore. That's how it shows up, you guys. So I'm glad you closed with that. You know, you mentioned thoughts of suicide all the way to having a plan. What was it that in that moment, you know, that you were about to execute it or about to go ahead and, you know, go down that route? What was it that just clicked and made you, made you want to stay here on this earth? Like, what was that? What was that turning point? Because, you know, most women, and I know a good amount of my listeners, most of us, we do suffer from codependency. You know, we do, so we're, we're innately nurturers, right? And we're at times driven by emotions. And so we're constantly attempting to people please all the time and doing things for others because we think that makes us a, a caring, beautiful, loving person. However, in reality, that is all, all circling our insecurities and our inability to say no enough. I'm going to live the life I want to live. And so at what point was it that you decided, wait a minute, no, I'm not going to take my life. I'm going to live. Like, what was that turning point? Truly, it was a spiritual intervention. I thought God forgot about me. And when I say God, I mean, whatever the God of your understanding, like I, I wasn't like picturing like a white man with a beard. I mean, the God, the universe, I really thought from a little girl, right? Of course I did that. I, you know, God was mad at me. God forgot about me. I wasn't a chosen one because I overheard you know, I wasn't, I overheard bits and pieces of like things from the Bible. And then it was like, I would hear, oh, well, you know, some people are the chosen one. And I'm like, well, I wasn't the chosen one, you know? So I, I really thought that. And clearly there was a spiritual intervention that day. I truly don't remember what got me there, but it really was my birthday. And I do remember I do a lot. I do talk to myself. I don't know if it's only child thing or whatever, but I mean, out loud, I answer myself, all those things. So I did, I did say, I remember where I was in my condo too. And I, and I just said, listen, and it was matter of fact conversation. It was like this blunt. It wasn't like with tears on my knees or anything. Cause, cause those were all, I cried it all out a long time ago. It was like, listen, it was like bargaining almost like I'm going to do this. And if there is some reason I shouldn't do this, you need to make it, whoever you are up there, you need to make it so clear and evident because this is my plan. And like, basically I'm giving you like a Hail Mary because I've not seen signs or whatever. Mm -hmm. I truly don't remember how I got there. It's kind of like, I'm sure you guys have driven somewhere before and you're like, I don't even remember driving there because you're like dissociated, you're spaced mm-hmm. out, hopefully not drunk, but like you're somewhere else. Yeah, let's not do And that. <laughs> I ended up, because someone had planted a seed, I ended up in a recovery room um, of a program. It's a 12-step program called Adult Children of Alcoholics and Dysfunctional Families. Yes. I ended up, I, I drove there. And I don't, I truly don't remember how I got there. Someone plant, planted the seed. Now it's just wow. amazing to this day because this meeting was, I mean, I'm ta- this meeting I went to, I still go to this day. I mean, it was like, it's only three minutes from my house. So there's all these different God shots in there, right? Yes. And someone planted the seeds a couple times, right? So I ended up at this meeting and it was women's only. And for the first time, 
I heard person after person describe a version of my story to where I didn't feel like I was the person who just wasn't the chosen one. I didn't feel alone. I felt like, oh my God, there's other people. And then even the literature, like the fact there was books and in the books, it it described all the stuff that I've done my whole life. It removed some of that shame. And that was enough. That doesn't mean all of a sudden I was like skipping through the tulips, but that was enough to give me a sliver of hope to not end my life. Oh my God. That's what happened. I have, I'm like shaking it off right now because I literally have chills. Like that is an amazing, amazing story. And not only that, but hell yes, girl, the the moon was aligned. The stars were aligned. I mean, all of these things were in line to keep you here for a reason. And it's just, it's just mind blowing that, you know, you have people that say, I went to church and it was that day that I went to church. It was like the pastor was talking to me and girl, you went literally to this group and they were talking to you. And it sounds like it was just this wonderful, amazing community that just opened up, you know, opened up themselves to you and provided so much information and so much knowledge and just everything you needed to hear to go ahead and move on with your life. Holy yeah, I mean, that that was for sure the start. And I mean, it was, you know, it's been a five and a half year journey, that's for sure. But that was, that was the start. And that's why it's so important and why I even, like, I even had many conversations because, of course, I started to be- really believe there was a power greater than myself after that because I couldn't explain it, right? Oh, well, yeah. And and I, I made a promise, like, you help me get through this, you know, this healing process from rock bottom. I promise I'll put everything I can into it. I'll make it my number one priority. And I promise that I will help other women you know, do the same. That was my promise. And that's what got me through doing all the hard work because you guys, that was just the beginning. It wasn't like smooth sailing. I had to unpack all this trauma and pain and reparent my inner child. I mean, there was, it was not pretty, you guys. It was worth it, but it wasn't pretty. Well, in addition to that, in that moment, you were also, and I don't know if you realize this, but you were also able to establish some form of trust when you weren't able to trust anybody because you really weren't being your true authentic self with anyone. You were putting on this mask and with everyone you encountered in your life, you were being whoever the hell they wanted you to be. At no point were you being who you wanted to be. Never, never once. Right? And so you attend this meeting and now you're leaving with this sense of trust this sense of identity and empowerment. And it, it's kind of like you left with this mission to go ahead and live. Wow, that's such a great point because even though I obviously in one meeting, it's not like I revealed no, everything no, no, about no, no. me. Yeah. But I was myself, I was, I, I was so broken, right? I was at rock bottom. I didn't have the energy to put on the mask. And these, and these women were so kind and loving and genuinely accepted me anyway. You're right. It did make me go, oh, like there was a relief. Like I can, I can actually just be me, even though it's an absolute disaster right now. And there's people who like, 
won't abandon me. Yes. So let me ask you something. Being empowered and unapologetic, how do we do this? How, so how do we do this when we are flooded with doubt, insecurities, and inability to be our true authentic self? Here's the thing. There's no, you know, I, here's your Excel mm-hmm. spreadsheet of exactly how you do it. But I, I will, I will say this. There is no way around pain, the pain, the stored pain, the grief stuff that you've, you know, you have pushed, you've pushed down, like holding a balloon underwater. There is no way around it. We try even subconsciously, we try through, you know, getting fixated on our looks on other people, on projects, on cleaning on our kids. Right. I see that a Mm -hmm. lot with moms, like just fixated. Right. So, So everything is focused outside of ourselves. Being busy is an addiction versus putting focus on ourselves because we don't want to be alone with our thoughts. And when we're quiet, when we're still, that's when they all come up, which is why people binge watch TV. They scroll, you know, Instagram for hours. Right. And I'll say this, there is no way around the pain. You have to walk through it. You should not do it alone. You absolutely need people to hold your hand and do it with. And yes, it's scary. And yes, I mean, it'll bring you to your knees, but that is the only thing that works in order to then start working on your self-worth. It's not like all of a sudden I'm like, I love myself, right? Like even in a year, it was like, it was like, okay, like I kind of like this about myself. Okay. Well, I'm not so bad. Mm -hmm. And then it grew a little bit more and a little bit more. And then it was like, okay, I, I do love some of these things about myself. And then the all, you know, the ultimate thing is I, I did. And I'm at the point today where I truly love, accept and embrace all, everything about me, even the stuff that is not flattering. That doesn't mean I like, you know, some of the stupid stuff I do or the less flattering things I do, but I accept it. And I still, I, I love myself regardless. And if someone else doesn't love me, that's okay. That's true self-worth. Yes. That's okay that they don't. There's, they don't have to love me. What's important is I love myself and the God of my understanding loves me. That's, that's the holy grail when you get there. That's when you release yourself from, the code of, from codependency. Because I see moms do this a lot and it breaks my heart when their kids get to a certain age, maybe middle school or high school, and they, you know, the kids are like, I hate you, or they don't want to spend time with you anymore. I see moms get like, their identity gets crushed, or the kids are now like, you know, going to college, and they're not there. And now they're left alone. And now they're really left to sit in their whole pain and codependency because their kids are gone. Or if a guy breaks up with you, or a guy ghosts you or something like that, I see, and I used to be like this too. I'd be devastated. I mean, I wouldn't even be able to get out of bed, mm-hmm. right? Because that was death. That's death to a codependent. Absolutely. But if someone, even my fiance, Mike, like if he was like, I'm out of here, you know, and did something like that, and I'm not saying it wouldn't hurt, but it wouldn't destabilize me to where I would be um, a disaster, right? I would still be okay. That doesn't mean I'm not worthy. That doesn't mean I'm not lovable, that just means for whatever reason, he's on his journey and it's not, it's not vibing. That's about him. Absolutely. 
you know, one thing that you said that was so powerful is, you know, women wait until that happens. And I, I, I don't think that we're purposely waiting. I think it's, we really don't know. We really don't know that this is unhealthy, you know, and I say we, because I was there too on so many levels. I thought my husband identified who I was and defined my self-worth. I thought me being a mother, you know, and all of the roles that I played defined who I was. And it wasn't until I realized, holy moly, if I hear mom one more time, if I hear mom one more time, I swear to God, I'm going to go ahead and run away and I'm not going to take my phone. And I don't care if the cops get called on me because I just want to be left alone. And I remember being at that point where I couldn't really connect with my kids because I looked at them as a task. And in addition to that, it was again, something else my husband needed from me. And it's like, dude, what the hell? I can't do this anymore. However, I refused to admit that to my friends because they were also moms. And I was the one who looked like I had it all together. So I was not going to let go of that badge of honor. There was no way I was going to let go of that badge of honor. And so I just stayed there. And I thought this was the norm because I was watching every other wife do it. Housewife, you know, a a wife that had a, a successful career. I was watching all of these women do it. And it's like, okay, wait a minute, then I need to do it. And so I love that you just said, you know, ladies, when you're defined by your kids, when you're defined by your husband and these tasks, it is a form of codependency because you are dependent on them to identify who you are and have this sense of appreciation and value. And that's not where it exists. We get to define that, right? Oh, amen, girl. So, so well said. And it's, we're not defined by our level of productivity, we are not defined by, you know, how many tasks we did that day, what we do for our children, how often we volunteer, and then we also work, and then we also work out, and we also cook dinner five times a week. We are worthy, and I want you guys to hear this. Mm-hmm. We are worthy just because we woke up in the morning. We are worthy if we took a day of rest and just chilled on the couch all day. We are worthy if we decide, you know what? I, I really don't enjoy cooking anymore. This is too much for me. I'm only able to do it two days a week and we need to figure something out. You know, I, I don't have it in me to clean my entire house, oh, no, all, you know, once a week. I'm, you know what? I'm worthy of spending, you know, $200 a month or whatever it is to hire a cleaning service to come in. We don't need to do all of it. We really don't. That's when our self-worth is totally and solely focused on things outside of ourselves. That's so dangerous. That's what almost killed me. Bingo. Yes. So Tiffany, how have you helped women get out of their own way? I understand you have the Project Me program. I want to hear more. So what I do in Project Me with Tiffany Carter, number one, I'm a big believer in offering a lot of free resources So, you know, I have my top success podcast where we cover all sorts of different topics from, you know, things like this codependency, self-doubt, confidence, how to get, you know, how to get motivated, how to get back on track to starting a business, growing a business, how to be financially empowered as a woman and not be dependent on any man, woman, family member, job, government, institution, for money because that's so empowering and so impactful for our self-worth. You don't have to make, you know, millions of dollars like I do. Even making 
an additional, you know, $500 a month, let's say, and you're making it, you've done this for whatever you want to use it for, whether it's for Botox, whether it's, you know, I mean, I prefer it beyond yourself. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, doing a side hustle and starting a business so I can do this for my kids and this for my family. I require all of my clients, all of my private clients I coach, I require you to tell me at least three things that you're going to do for yourself. And that's okay. I want you to put yourself first. That's what the Project Me part of my brand stands for. We are the most exceptional project and person in our lives. And it's selfish to not put yourself first because if you don't, number one, you're lying and you're not being honest. Amen. It's manipulative. That's what people pleasing is. And I'm saying that with love to you guys because I used to do that. It's, it's, you're not necessarily always conscious of it. I'll be really frank and humble. I became very conscious of it. Mm -hmm. I knew what I was doing. I just didn't know there was another way, you know, like when I would go to someone's house, like someone would invite me to their house, I would go out of my way to bring all sorts of, you know, gifts and stuff like that. I, I had an agenda, so I knew it. So some of mine was conscious. Some of it was sub subconscious. And I just want to make sure that women know putting yourself first is the answer. That is where it all lies, honoring yourself and your needs And that is where the most beautiful transformations happen. Your families feel it. Your kids feel it. Your relationships will change. We cannot control what anyone else does, but we can, we can manage control and change ourselves. And that's where everything stems from in Project Me. Yes, I teach women how to make great money doing what they love in a way that feels good. Yes, that's really important. But I also show women how to find their passion and purpose that's from within, not from something external, if that makes sense. Yes, 100%. So I have two questions for you. One's from Leslie. She's in our girl gang. She asks, how to build a business as a stay-at-home mom when your husband is in the military and you move a lot? So I love this question, Leslie. What it sounds like is that you have that time belief in your head, like time and energy, right? Like I I hear this all the time from moms, right? And it's like, uh, how would I have, how could I possibly have any more time or energy when I'm basically single, you know, a single parent, I'm a single mom because my husband is gone and I'm looking at all these other people who are, you know, starting businesses and that kind of thing. And then we build it up in our head that it takes so much more time and effort and energy than it really does. So number one, I would say, let's really challenge that belief. Cause I know what's under a statement like that. It's you not believing you have the energy or time. So I love challenging these beliefs with a simple question. Is that absolutely true with a hundred percent certainty for a fact for now and forever that it requires a ton of time and energy for you to start to build a business as a single mom. No, it's it's not. So that's the belief that's under it. And you don't need to go zero to a hundred, you know, like that black or white thinking. I have a tendency to think that way too. Just build it, build it over time and at your pace, not starting, nothing's going to happen. 
So why I would rather see you crawling and you do a little every single day. You don't have to like be a spaz and go like out of the gate and like run yourself frazzled. But by not doing anything, nothing's going to happen. And that's why also I have something for you guys too. If you go to projectmewithtiffany.com, right there when you land on it, there's two things. One, I have a financial freedom pocket guide that I know you guys will really, really find helpful, especially you moms. And I also have a money personality quiz. It's really important to take that. We spent a lot of time putting it together to understand and uncover some of these beliefs that we have around making money and and serving ourselves and serving others. There's a lot of guilt with moms around taking time away, anything away from parenting. And then the money thing is like, oh God, that's selfish. Like I'm putting money ahead of my kids. Mm-hmm. So I want you guys to get that. And they're both free. So get the pocket guide, projectmewithtiffany.com. You'll see it right when you land there. And the quiz is right there as well. But I would say, Leslie, like go go do those things. I love answering questions, but also actually giving you an action item to do. Like I'm giving you homework to do as well. And I respect that you did that. And the reason why is because, you know, in my, in my field, so many people ask me, you know, I'll have doctors come in, other therapists come in and say, okay, Veronica, I already know what this looks like. You know, I mean, hello, I have my own private practice. I do this for a living. So just give me the answers. And it's like, girl, you will fight me tooth and nail if I take away that anxiety. So instead, let me help you understand what's getting in your way. Let me help you understand why you cling on to this pain, why you cling on to this negative thought distortion so that you will eventually let it go versus me taking it from you. Because I'm not trying to get into that girl fight. So next question, Christy and Alex both ask, how has money changed you? And to add to that, how has it changed your relationships with others? Ah, such a great question. And again, questions are statements in disguise. Amen. So underneath this question, you have a belief somewhere in you, whether it's conscious or subconscious, that money changes people. You heard that message growing up. Money changes people in, you know, in bad ways. Once you get, once you get rich, you think you're all that. There's some belief under there, or you wouldn't be asking me that because there, but what's good is there's part of you that's wanting to seek evidence that that is not true, or you mm-hmm. wouldn't be ask, a- asking that question. And you wouldn't want someone like me to answer it because as you guys have probably gathered, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm really, I'm really straight up about everything, whether, whether you enjoy it or not. So money Remember, I was I was brought up in a wealthy family. So you can imagine my money mindset, right? Being abused and being wealthy. So what do you think I tied money to? Money is dangerous. Having a lot of money and my mom was an entrepreneur. So I was like, that's even a whole nother level. It was like, you know, that it's selfish. Having a lot of money or focusing on a business or having a business as a woman, especially, and like wanting to be successful, is selfish. It's destructive. It's horrible. So I had all those beliefs in there too. So I had to do a lot of work around that. I started out making $17,000 a year. So that's where I come up with the low self-worth equals low net worth Mm -hmm. because I didn't think I was worthy of making more. I made 
a lot of choices where maybe I made money, as you guys heard, a million dollars by the time I was 30, then lost almost all of it in three months. So if you're paycheck to paycheck or you get a little further ahead and then like all of a sudden something happens with your car, then you get further ahead and all of a sudden there's a medical expense. There's a low self-worth, low net worth connection. There's a belief under there. Um, I would say this, what making more money, number one, is way better than being poor. (laughs) It's way better. I mean, so in the tangible sense, I mean, I fly first class, five star is my norm. I deserve it. I don't, I make no apologies about it. Um, So there's that part of it. Um, The other part is I am very aware of the high powered energy around money. And so I had to become a better steward of my money. I didn't know what to do with that kind of money. So I was people pleasing and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I've given probably several hundred thousand dollars away, not to charities, to guys, to anyone who asked me for money. It's funny when people start seeing you're successful, who comes out of the woodwork and has all sorts of sob stories. I can't tell you how many checks I wrote. So I had to learn how to be a better steward of my money in order to be a better service to the world. Because look at that. I could have given all that money to help build more safe houses for my girls who are sex trafficked. But instead, you know, like guy number 512, you know, now has a Mercedes because of me. (laughs) No, for real. Yes, exactly. My last, my question, what are you doing right now? And I ask all of my guests, what are you doing right now to live the life you want to live? It's what I am continuing to do because in our daily consistent choices and actions, that is where we create the life of our dreams. It's not doing something for a month. It's not like 90 days to success, right? It's what we do, the little things that add up consistently every day. I still go to that same adult children of alcoholics meeting, you guys. I go to that same exact meeting that saved my life to this day. Are there some weeks I miss? Yes. But for the most part, no, I don't. So I, I put my recovery and my relationship with the God of my understanding and my health above all else, above anyone else, that's numero uno. Mm-hmm. And you have to still be strict with that because those are my own self-boundaries. There's sometimes that gets you know challenged and the universe wants to challenge you, right? Like it'll dangle a fancy carrot. And then I'll want to, you know, blow it off or I could slip back into my workaholism or my exercise addictions. So I have to keep myself on track and make that a priority. I have accountability. So I have, you know, I'm a coach, but I also have my own coach, just like I know, Veronica, you, you just said, like, you have doctors and therapists that come to you. That's, I love hearing that. Yes. Because you should have that. I also have a therapist. Shout out Lorraine. Um, <laughs> and it's so important to have those people. So, you know, I have a therapist. I have my own business coach. I also have my own health coach. I have a personal trainer at the gym 
because that keeps me accountable to myself. And that is also me taking actions that say, this is a priority. I'm a priority. What I'm building for my brand, my business, my mission to help all of you, that's a priority. My health, I honor and respect and love myself. That's a priority. And we can't just say it. We have to do those daily actions. Otherwise, we're completely out of integrity. Bingo. So with that, what advice, quick advice would you give to a mom who feels stressed and disconnected? If you are feeling anything other than grounded and serenity and clarity, not like it has to be every minute of the day, but for the majority of the time, absolutely there is a self-worth situation going below the surface there's stored trauma, there's stored grief, stored anger, there's stuff that has to be processed. And you definitely need to seek out someone who can guide you through that. Whether it is a therapist, whether it is someone like me who you can resonate with and I've been there and I can help guide you, whether it's both, I recommend both personally because they're completely different approaches. And not just try to sit there and do it yourself and spin your wheels. That's very dangerous. That's part of what led me down the path of almost leaving this earth is I was trying to do it alone because I was ashamed. I had the entire self-help, you know, library from Barnes and Noble and it wasn't working. So we need people. We need to lean on people and start learning to have some trust and faith in others to help guide us through it. But you have to take that action, you know. Veronica and I can't make you. You have to go, you know what? I believe these two ladies right now, I'm listening to this exact episode for a reason. I I trust them. They seem like, you know, they seem like honest, honorable women. I need to take action for myself, even though it's scary, even though it's terrifying. I need to do something different because I believe there is some part of me that's worth it. There's some part of me that is. And I'm telling you, you are. And I know Veronica would tell you too. No matter what crappy stuff you've done in your life, no matter if you're currently in an addiction that you're hiding from people, no matter what you've done in your past, no matter if you're a raging biatch to your spouse, mm-hmm. you are you are worthy of having the best relationship with yourself and your highest quality of life. But the catch is you have to take action. We can't make you. Yes, yes. And with that, How can we find you? So the best place to reach out to me is on Instagram at Project Me with Tiffany. I spend two hours every single day in my DMs, seven days a week, answering questions and connecting with all of you. You can also reach out to me on Facebook. It's the same thing at Project Me with Tiffany. And then head on over. I really strongly want you guys to do this. Head on over to projectmewithtiffany.com and get that financial freedom pocket guide, take that money quiz. But I'm always here for you guys to reach out to. Some people are nervous to do that. They make an assumption like there's no way she's going to write me back. You know, she gets tons of DMs. Well, you know, try me, take an action for yourself. Absolutely. You heard it. Take an action for yourself. All right, ladies, this was absolutely amazing. Tiffany, you are a complete badass, and I'm so thankful and so blessed to have you part of this community and on our podcast. Thank you again. Thanks for having me, babe.
All right, ladies, live with intent. I will see you later. Bye. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now and rate and review. Thank you, guys. Many women lose their own identity in the shadow of being a mom and a wife. We are a community of women who support each other. We leave perfectionism behind to become empowered and unapologetic. I know you're ready for the next steps. If you want to become empowered and unapologetic, get my free course, Unapologetically Me, over at empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash course. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. This is given with the understanding that neither the host, practice of the practice, or the guests are providing legal, mental health, or other professional information. If you need a professional, you should find one. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect, deep down, that glass, or three, of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn 
the decision to stop drinking from your worst case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen. And I hope you check it out. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together, all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.